into the contest. It's Tuesday the 22nd of June. Welcome to our afternoon sport deep dive. Tim Gilbert, I'm joined by Shane Lee. Shane, I think we both watched that program with Stuart McGill last night. He, boy, he looked on edge. He looked fragile. I really felt for him. Yeah, it was, uh, as a guy who I've played a lot of cricket with, I've, I've roomed with the guy, spent a lot of time with him. It was really hard to watch, mate. He was clearly upset, clearly rattled, and uh, I don't know what happened. I don't know. I don't want to know what happened, but um, it was really, really hard to watch, mate. Yeah, I've worked a lot with him as well post that, and uh, look, I wish him and his family all the very, very best. It was pretty difficult stuff uh, to watch uh, with Stuart being interviewed. Anyway, a, a real change of pace. Uh, of course, you do have the opportunity to win here on Afternoon Sport. All you need to do is follow us on Twitter and Facebook, and you'll go into the running for a signed Western Sydney Wanderers soccer ball. So that is on the line, and we will get a winner over the next couple of weeks. Today on the show, we have our Editor-at-large, so much happening in the world game. Rob Gilbert is here. And Katie Brown, of course, rugby league reporter, presenter. And she's a rabbit as well. She does play. Katie's with us. Okay, well, well, big news today in the rugby league. Well, Ben Iken and Brisbane Broncos want to build for the future. Ben's uh, played it at every level. He's been in the media. He's going to take this role on to run their football, and he's leaving Fox. He's leaving Fox, mate. Ben Icon, I-K-I-N. He's not I-C-O-N, but I tell you what, he's he seems like a really nice guy. He was a good footballer, but come on, he's not going to turn the Broncos around. Um, it's almost like you know his father-in-law, Wayne Bennett, got him the job there, but... Uh, We'll see what happens, mate. I'm not convinced. He doesn't strike me as someone that's going to motivate the team. Let's just say that. Yeah. Yeah, well, look, I know him. I like him. And I think that he's a very methodical thinker. Um, it's a hard turnaround, though. Yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be like turning the Queen Mary around. You, you need to be getting a lot of good people around you. So that's what his task is. He's leaving a television job. And as you know, Shane, TV, look, I've tried to talk it up and say how tough our media roles are, but they're not that hard. They're not that hard, mate, but he, he will get he will draw a lot of information from his father-in-law Wayne Bennett, and um, you know maybe the first thing he does is sack uh, sack the coach. But uh, well, let's see what happens there. Okay, yeah, Ben Iken off to the Brisbane Broncos. Coming up, we'll stay on the rugby league theme because Katie Brown is here, of course. Katie, presenter, reporter, and our very own rugby league reporter here on Afternoon Sport. It is time to talk the greatest game of all. Of course, that is Rugby League. And someone that presents it, reports it, plays it for the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Katie Brown, how are you? I'm well, Tim and Shane. How are you both? Good. I'm great, Katie. Let's start with uh, Cleary. Um, He's actually doing some work with the girls with the State of Origin, which is great. Yeah, this was a... It was awesome. I mean, like, it would have been great if he was in Marone's camp. You know yes. how I both feel about that. Mm-hmm. But in all seriousness, I was I was very stoked that um, New South Wales Blues put a video out and um, he'd been helping the halves particularly and the kickers. So Hannah Southwell, Maddie Studden, Corbin Baxter, all with their kicking and had them all in a circle, um, just giving them a few tips and pointers. And, I mean, if you want to learn off anybody how to kick in the game, you're looking yeah. at Nathan Cleary. Yeah, so I think that'll go a long way in the State of Origin game this Sunday. Katie and Queensland has picked another shit team. <laughs> oh, I know. Gosh, what are we doing? Do you know, I mean, Reese Walsh, the, the whole chat's been around. Oh, can't believe this 18-year-old's been picked to represent the Maroons. 
If you look at all the fullbacks and the wingers who are eligible to play for the Queensland Maroons right now, you don't really have that many options. And we all know that Valentine Holmes, sure, can pay, play fullback, but he's the world's best winger. So you're not putting him at number one, although it is a big task for Reese Walsh to play state of origin footy after seven NRL mm. games. However, uh, I'm keen to see how he goes on the big stage. I thought, you, I thought, sorry, I thought you were going to bite then. You, you just let that go. You, you just gave me a standard <laughs> answer. <laughs> we lost 50 to 6. I have nothing to stand on, Jeff. <laughs> well, speaking 56, uh, Manly beat uh, the Gold Coast 56 to 24. Oh. And how good's Turbo? Another three tries. That guy is unbelievable. Yeah, three tries, three tries, sis, like, and six yeah. tackle breaks. He can just mm. pump it out nearly 200 run metres. There is nothing he can't do. What he does so well is he backs up after every single play as a support ball player, whatever it is. He might be in a tackle. He can drag at least three defenders. He does everything so well. I know we've spoken a few weeks ago about giving him the Dally M, but I seriously, after that game, was like, give it to him. Just give it to him now. I'd imagine being a goal supporter. You'd be like, happened the week before – 30, what were they? They were trailing by 30, got back to 34 all and lost 35 34 to the Roosters. And they were well up. They were like they had the spinnaker up against Manly. Then they just absolutely capitulated. It was almost the mercy rule. Um, now, how do you, can we find out, why do you go for Queensland? Was this some sort of paycheck way, way back when where you emceed some gigs? Well, what's the story? Why do you go for Queensland? You're from Grafton. Oh, I know I'm from Grafton. And growing up, I. I started probably really following rugby league in high school and then it was, yeah, blues, you know, I go for them because I was born in New South Wales. But then there was like this switch when I started working in Queensland and I just feel, this is going to sound so lame, but very connected. And I just, I just yeah, love the Queensland Mariahs. <laughs> <laughs> well, did, did you have incense lamps going and the lights yeah. going? So I just felt I'm on the same wavelength as you, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, now, Kate, we, we, we've talked about the big score differences throughout the season, and we're seeing it again this this uh, round. You know, Rabbits forty six, Broncos zero, Melbourne sixty six, Tigers sixteen. But a game, a game that I thought was fantastic. I'm a Dragons, as you know. Dragons 22 over the Raiders 20. Fantastic game of football. Oh, this had bits and pieces of everything in it. Mm. And uh, if Ricky Stewart could rip more hair out of his head, I'm sure he could have. <laughs> would have, but he could have. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Although Ben Hunt, I thought he had a fantastic game. So no surprise mm. that he got a call up into the Maroons team, which was good to see because especially particularly in that second half, there was it was last play and there was nothing and he created a try out of it. Um yeah. So I just think that's great for Ben Hunt because I want to see more of him. He always gets the short end of the, the stick and everybody seems to think that he's not living up to his big price tag. But I think he does have a lot more to offer and we're seeing that. Oh, I agree with you. He's a fantastic player. I still remember him from under 20s and obviously he's plagued by a couple of big moments on big stages. But generally, if you watch him week in, week out, he's a very talented football player. And I was joking before about saying they've picked a shit team. It actually looks reasonably strong and they are going to be at home at uh, Anastasia Palaszczuk Stadium in Brisbane. So it's it's not going to be easy. Katie, always good to talk. Let's uh, let's catch up next week. Hopefully New South Wales will be leading 2-0. Oh, if they don't, I'm not on here. <laughs> <laughs> you all come back now, you hear? <laughs> yeah, Thanks, Katie. hope so. See ya. (laughs) Coming up, we have our editor-at-large, Rob Gilbert, from Coca-Cola with Cristiano Ronaldo to John Rahm at the golf. Rugby, it's a game they play in heaven. 
Look out for our podcast, The Running Game, where Matt Dunning joins me, Tim Gilbert. Each week, we speak to players, coaches and legends of the game. We look at the game from every angle at all levels, from test rugby, the club game, city to country and the way it's played at school. The Running Game. Come find us on your podcast app. Time to talk the world game. Our editor-at-large, Rob Gilbert. How are you, Robbie? G'day, Timmy. How are you, mate? Real good. Oh, Shane's here too, Robert. Hello, Shane. How are you, brother? <laughs> Great. Thanks for asking. Now, first, let's, let's, ask, let's ask the A-League, mate. It's coming to the pointy end now. Talk me through it. It has. So uh, Melbourne City are going to play Sydney FC in the grand final. But uh, the big question is, where's it going to be played? So Melbourne City mm. have earned the right to a home grand final. They lost the right to their semi-final home, as we all know, uh, due to uh, the COVID restrictions down in Melbourne. And uh, they, <laughs> I couldn't quite believe uh, when the... Um, the Professional uh, uh, Clubs uh, Association, Gregor Rourke, announced that the uh, the neutral venue uh, the announced would be Cogra Oval, just 45 oh. minutes up the road from MacArthur's uh, uh, home ground. But uh, they got the job done, and, and so they're just waiting now to find out whether there will be uh, sufficient easing of restrictions in the next 24 hours uh, to uh, to play the grand final at uh, Amy Park in Melbourne. But uh, it would be a real injustice, particularly against a side like Steve Corica's uh, Sydney FC. You know, they've, uh, they've just been amazing this year. I mean, they've been able to re-sign uh, Bobo and Adam LaFondra late in the season. So they've just gotten better and better. So if the I, – I, I could only imagine that the um, the grand final, if they were genuinely going to find a, a neutral mm-hmm. venue, venue that wasn't in, in uh, um, Sydney, would, would, they'd have to go mm-hmm. to a regional area or in a state. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what does happen. I think that common sense will prevail and it will be played in Melbourne. I'm not going to get political and talk about the the number of cases, but there's not many anywhere really right at the moment. Now, Rob, before we talk about the Euros, I want to talk about Cristiano Ronaldo. I don't think there's a time in the history or modern history where superstars, sports stars have as much pull, have as much say, have as much impact. By moving those bottles of Coke off the table and saying drink water, they say that it was about $5.2 billion off Coke stock. Yeah, it was amazing, wasn't it? Uh, that, there's not been a, a, a face-to-face interview with, with Ronaldo to, to work out what his motivation was. It just seemed like he had a moment and uh, he uh, he wanted to make a point. But I, I think the point you make, Tim, that uh, that – it, look, it's, it's apparently exaggerated. I uh, understand there were some other issues in the stock market that day that caused the plunge, but it wasn't entirely coincidental because uh, the fact of the matter was that Cristiano Ronaldo is one of the most influential sports people in the world, uh, that he uh, he did go to the press conference. Uh, Coca, a major sponsor of UEFA. One thing's for sure is that the, the public utterances of uh, the Coca-Cola people uh, would not have met uh, uh, anywhere near the uh, similarity of, of what they would have. I would have loved to have been a flying on the wall uh, to listen to what they said. And it, he said, what? He did what? <laughs> it would have just been the, the funniest thing. But, uh, you know, it's, um, it, it's a sign of the times, isn't it? And uh, yep. I think uh, it'll be an indication that uh, other sports people will use uh, uh, their uh, their power and their clout to, to flex their own uh, muscle in future. I don't think it'll be the last time we see something like that. And I tell you what, it's good to see too because sugar is a major killer, particularly for kids, mate. So I don't mind seeing Coke go down a little bit there. But now listen, now um, the Euros... Scotland. Talk about influences. They must be getting pretty pumped up in Scotland. Oh, look, Scotland. Uh, Braveheart. 
Uh, who who would have thought that? Oh, yeah, uh, again, me. A nil-all draw at Wembley. So this is the oldest sporting fixture. I know we touched on it last week um, mm. in in world football, England versus Scotland. Uh, ironically, was a nil-all draw over 140 years ago, and uh, and Scotland they just needed a point. They uh, they needed a point to to stay in contention because the way that these Euros, uh, the expanded Euros, are set up, not only do the top two teams in, in each of the six groups go through to the knockout stages, but the best four qualifying teams that uh, finish in third position go through. So that one single point that Scotland managed to uh, eke out of England uh, uh, was enough to keep their final game against Croatia at Hampden Mm. Park at home alive. So, you, you couldn't have seen two more contrasting uh, responses. So you had the, the Scots uh, parading uh, at the uh, the Scottish fans' end at Wembley as if they'd won the game. The uh, the English fans were booing um, Harry Kane. Uh, so, you know, it's it's like um, Shane Warne being out of form in the World Cup just when we need him. So, you know, for anyone who doesn't follow the World Game, Harry Kane is your man and uh, he's just been uh, firing blanks in the first two uh, games so far. So uh, it, it's, it's a... <laughs> massive match coming up on Wednesday morning our time. So the final match of, uh, of each of the group stages are played concurrently. So England will play the Czech Republic who are on top of the group. And uh, funnily enough, it was Czechoslovakia back in 1996 who won the last uh, major tournament on English soil. So uh, yeah, go figure. Yesterday we had a, a little conversation about golf uh, and we were talking about the, the great white Wumwood and Greg Norman, <laughs> just the life he's living right at the minute. And uh and all, all the one-liners, the great white ass that Shane came up with. But look, <laughs> let's talk golf quickly here because this is a cracking story. Tory Pines, US Open, Spaniard John Rahm winning. Um, that, that, that's a story. Oh, well, the story uh, is uh, multi-layered, isn't it, Tim and Shane? Because, uh, you know, we all uh, saw the, the heartache that John Rahm had when he had to withdraw from the Memorial yeah. Open. He was uh, in front of Millfield Village there. He tested positive to COVID. He was told live on air, and uh, it was just a heartbreak for him. Fast forward a few weeks, and uh, Bryson DeChambeau is oh. a stroke ahead. Uh, Imploded. As, uh, well, it, was a, it was a DeChambeau's. Well done. He's had... Uh, Two bogeys, a double, a quadruple bogey on the 17th, and he's gone from leading the tournament to 16th. Louis Oosthuizen, he's got two holes up his sleeve. He just needs to get a, uh, uh, himself a birdie to, to go into a playoff against John Rahm, who's practising uh, on the practice fairway with his wife and his brand-new little baby. It was Father's Day over there as well, first uh, Father's Day as a dad. And uh, and Louis Oosthuizen, you know, one of those uh, classic South Africans who you just expect never to make a mistake. <laughs> oh, he did what I always do, just hit it in the shit. He hit it to the left. He was all over it. Yeah, well, if, if you hadn't seen the vision... So on the right-hand side, you had acres and acres of space. Mm. Uh, all he had to do was make an error to the right, and he was safe. Mm. But on the left-hand yeah. side, there was a fetting companion. And uh, and so he's he's hit it down there, and it all turned oh. to uh, poo for Louis. And uh, and it was a great finish for John. Yeah, so, uh, absolutely. Yeah, good uh, good golf story there. And there was a streaker too. And uh, But at least Bryce It was Greg Norman. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Should be seen for the shark. moon. Good on you, Robbie. See you, mate. See you, Timmy. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. We'll be with you Monday to Friday every week. Follow us on your podcast app so you don't miss it. Big thank you to Katie Brown and Rob Gilbert. Thank you to Spartan Sports, Shana. Yeah, www.spartansportshq.com. Oh, and Dan McHugh, thank you. We'll be back tomorrow afternoon for our daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care.